Lord, speak to us. Let our lives never be the same again. Thank you, Father, oh God. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So last week, we started a series, We His Servants. We His Servants. Please turn to your neighbor and tell the person, I am a servant. Tell the person, you are a servant. And so we established last week that God delivered us to serve. That the, the, the purpose of God's deliverance or God's salvation for us or God's redemption for us is so that we can serve him. And we saw that in Luke chapter 1, verse 74 to 75. But we also realized that the same thing happened with the people of Israel, that God told Moses to go and tell Pharaoh that let my people go so they will worship me on that mount, so they will serve me. And, and the last thoughts that we had last week, which I want to do a quick recap of, is that we understood that as servants, we are yielded. As servants, we are what? Yielded. We are surrendered to God. That we don't do what we want, we do what pleases God. So as a servant, you are not there to do what pleases you. You are there to do what pleases God. What makes God happy? So every time you have to ask yourself the question, is it making God happy or not? As servants, we are workers. The servant acts and gets things done. And we have to put it in our minds that when we are coming to church, even as church workers, we are not only coming for fellowship, we are also coming to work. Hallelujah. That we are working for God. That we want to get things done. That as servants, we are selfless. The servant does what serves the needs of others. We don't do what serve our, serves our own needs. We have to put it in our minds that that, that selfish type of Christianity and that uh, self-centered type of Christianity, we have buried it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you didn't get that. We have what? Buried it. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about I. It's about what God wants me to do. Number four, we are obedient as servants. We are obedient, it means that we do what our master instructs us to do. And God is going to give us a lot of instructions this year. And when he gives you the instruction, you have to what? Do it. You have to do it. And then the final one is that we are available. That the servant is ready for the next task. That you know that even though I have finished this particular work, that God, I am ready for the next one. That God, I am ready for the next one. That God, I have served this way. That Lord, I'm so tired, but I am ready for the next assignment. And that should be our what? Our posture as servants of God. So let's go back to our key scripture. Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 76. Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 76. The Bible says that now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our 
life. Hallelujah. So in this passage, we understand that God does not just want us to serve him. God has a way and a manner in which he wants us to serve him. So it is one thing serving God and it's another thing serving God his prescribed way. Have you realized that sometimes those of you who own businesses or those of you who uh, are supervisors over other people, sometimes you tell the people to do something and they begin to do it, but they, they are doing it, too, but they are not doing it the way you want. They are not doing it to your taste. And sometimes they seem not to see anything wrong. Like, like you want it done this way and they are doing it another way. And what happens? You get frustrated and you still say, no, I want it done this way. You know, interestingly, that's what we do to God. A number of us are serving God. We are doing, I mean, service in the house of God. We are working, but we are not doing it God's way. We are not doing it the way God has prescribed. So in this passage, God has prescribed three conditions by which we must serve him. And Zacharias prophesied these three conditions. Number one, without fear. God wants us to serve him what? Without fear. Number two, he wants us to serve him in holiness. And number three, he wants us to serve him in righteousness. So I'm going to take my time to explain these three conditions. But before I do that, let's look at the verse 74 and 75 again. Because there are some two statements that Zechariah made that sandwiches these conditions. And I want us to look at them. He says, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So first of all, he says, to grant us that we. So first, Zachariah is saying that God delivered us to grant us. And I'm going to explain that. And then the second thing he says is that before him all the days of our lives. So, so to grant us, the word grant in the, in the Greek means to give. It, it means to bestow or to commit or to offer. The, this understanding helps us to, to come to the conclusion that God actually granted us the opportunity to serve in his house. Now, God committed the work into our hands. God gave us the grace to work. God actually gave us the power and the enablement to work. And he bestowed on us the gifts to work. So he says that we be being delivered to serve him. He says that to grant us. And, and it gives us the indication that your service to God is by grace. is by God's grace, not by your merit. Our service to God eh, is by what? God's grace, not by our merit. And I think it is one of the things that God is dealing with me about, I mean, in recent times, that, that God, every time God does something through me, I, I want to have the posture, it's not me, oh. like, it's not me, that it's God, that it is the grace of God. And we said the last time that grace is God at work in your life. So God is actually at work in your life so you can serve. So it is not by your merit. You know, sometimes we think that the reason why God has selected us is because maybe we have a beautiful voice. That's why God brought us into the choir. Or because uh, we have a certain voice to preach or a certain voice to pray. That's why God selected us. Or you are so beautiful. That's why God selected you to stand at the door. No, it is not by any of that. It is simply what? Grace. 
It's simply God's work. Not something you have done. No, no. I don't, I, I, I don't consider that God called me to pastor and to preach and to teach because maybe I can speak some good English or something. No, no, no. It's just by what? Grace. As a matter of fact, the other day I told you that if God didn't lead me to the right school, to a right teacher, I don't think I'll be speaking the kind of English that I'm speaking. So it is all what? God's grace. It also gives us the indication that it is God's intention, not by chance, that God has intended that you will serve him. Please, it is not by chance that you found yourself in the choir. No, it's not by chance that you found yourself in the stewards department. It's not by chance that you found yourself in the ushering team. It's not by chance that you found yourself in GTP Kavod Assembly. God intended for you to come and serve. And serve in this place. Sometimes when I hear the testimonies of how some of us got here, it's just, you realize that it's just God who drove you here. So it's God's intention. It's God's desire because God has a certain work here. He has something to accomplish. And because he has something to accomplish, he brought you in and he saved you and he redeemed you. It's also God's purpose being carried out, not our agenda. So when the Bible says to grant us, it means it is God's purpose. It is not what our agenda we are not here to do our, our carry our own agenda. We are here to carry God's agenda. We are here to do what God says we should do, not what we want. I we realize there are a lot of people in church who are self-agenda people. We have come to God's house. We are serving, but we have our own agenda. This, this church is not as big as some of the big churches, but some of the big churches, some of the choirs, the reason why they are in the choir is because they have an agenda. I, I also want to sing. So that when I stand there and I sing and I do this a little, some guy will spot me. So when they are doing the songs that they dance, eh, watch those people. The dance is at another level. It is what it's called an agenda. It's an agenda. Some, some, sometimes, and, and I've been in music for a very long time, but some of the instrumentalists, they have agenda. When they spot that particular, that's when they are, all their notes will, will rise. All the, all the things they can play on the drums or the things they can play on the guitar, like, they, they, they just can't, because Charlie, I have to make, they have to know that I am the one playing. No, we, we are not here for, we are not here for what? Self-agenda. We are here for, for a purpose. Some people are laughing because they can relate. So, to grant us means that we are not here for our own word, agenda. And that's one of the things that we pray about that in this church, none of us will stand here, especially those of us who stand on the stage, to draw our attention onto ourselves. No, no, no. None of us. None of us will stand here to draw attention to what? To ourselves. But he says that God is granting us to serve him that we will do this before him all the days of our life. Can I tell you something? That this work that you are doing, it is service that is before God, not before man. He says before him, all the days of our life. So, the work that you are doing is not for Pastor Yima. No, it is not for any human being. And I keep on telling you this, that Pastor Yima might not be with you always. But God is there always. So if you are serving, serve because of God. Can, can I hear a big amen? amen? You serve because of who? Because of God. Oh, today I don't want to go to church, but if I don't go to church, Pastor Ima will call me. Oh, Pastor Ima calls me. You say this. Oh, Pastor Ima say. So because of that, I will come. Please, no, 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 no. It is not because of Pastor Ima. You come because of God. 
you, you bring yourself, you are tired. But he said, it's not because of this person. No, it's not because of your Kokonsa group. That, oh, Mikra, today I wouldn't go to church. But if I don't go to church, I can't meet with Selena and that we can't talk about the things that we wanted to talk about the last time. So please, um, today, today I have to try and get to church so that after church we can talk about this. No, it is service before him. Before who? Him. It, it, it means that our service to God is not an eye service, but a heart service. It's not meant to catch the eye of anyone. And you know, this church is going to grow and explode, and it's going to expand. And there are people who are going to come in and try to do things to catch the favor or the eyes of the person. But please, right from where we are now, don't do things to catch anyone's eye. Because me, my eye hasn't even seen. <laughs> no, no. You've got to do it because you are doing it from your heart. It's a heart service unto God. As a matter of fact, for whatever we do for God, we must, we must have God's eye in mind. That God, please, let me catch your eye. Uh, can you do that? God, let me catch your eye. Please, can I have some real human beings here? Have you gone to a place where you have had a crush on someone before and then you try to do something to try to get the attention? Of, uh, can I get some real people here? Oh, no, oh, oh, I should tell God that God, please, all these people, they are saints. Please take them away. <laughs> no, no, you try to do something to catch the eye of the person. Because what? Because there's a certain something there. Now, now every time you come to church, let God be your crush. And, and try to what? catch his attention. It, it, it means that our service is a lifelong commitment to God. It is, not a, 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 it is not something that you do and you say, God, I've ended. And it takes me to my next point. It is not a retirement service. The work we are doing for God, there's no retirement, Nico. There's no retirement. There's no resignation. He says, before him, what? All the days of our life. So whether pastor hates me or not, I am still in the work. Because pastor is not the one who employed me. Please, can I say it again? The pastor is not the one who employed. There's no retirement. There's no resignation. In fact, one of my, I have a number of fantasies in life. One of my fantasies. But I pray that God will grant this fantasy. I, told, I, do, I think I told Vicky the last time. That what, this is how I want to die. This, this uh, two ways. But this is how I want to die. That I finish preaching. And then I come to sit in the chair. And then I am smiling. Then by the time we close the service, pastor, 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 I'm gone. And then there's a smile on my face. No, there is no retirement. There's no retirement. There's no resignation. Like God, if I am going, then I want to go in the service. Then they write, he died whilst doing the work. Isn't it a nice thing? Beautiful. So for, yeah, strong ones. But I pray that God will do it, except for my wife. <laughs> so, so, the thing is that there's no resignation. There is no retirement. You know, in church, something little happens, and then the person says, move from my sorry. No, no. As if, as if it is our church. Please, can I break some news to you? Every time when I am praying, I tell God, God, it is your church. It is your people. It is your service. So, it is not my church. No, no, it's not my church. Move from outside. Take your car. Take your usher's department. Take your stewards. I'm no longer coming. Hey! Then possibly you didn't understand why you came into the service in the first place. 
Because can I tell you something? In seven God, we are seven with other human beings who are like us, who hurt us like we also hurt other people. So there's no resignation. Please turn to your neighbor and tell the person there's no resignation. Tell the person there's no retirement. Now, now it means that our service to God is not a short-term contract, but an eternal covenant. It's not what a short-term contract, but an eternal covenant. Can I tell you something? When God saved you to serve him, he gave you an appointment letter that was not a contract on a short-term basis. To say that, oh, Emmanuel, I saved you. I want you to serve for five years. After that, we will think about it, whether we renew your contract. No. God says what? It's an eternal covenant. And can I break some news to you that this service of God does not end on this earth. It continues into eternity. That there are some people, Nico, there are some people in heaven right now. Revelation, the book of Revelation, let's say no. Do you know all they do before God? They bow. Holy. 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 Then they lift their eyes and they see God. And then when they see God, they go back. Holy. Holy. The Bible says they do this night and day. No, you, you are not, you, you are not bowing. Holy. 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 You lift your eyes, you see God. Holy. Holy. You are not doing that. They do that every time. And the Bible says they don't stop. They, they, they don't stop. So the work that God has given to you, eh, it is not a joke. It is an eternal work. It is something that you start here and continue into eternity. So if you get easily tired in, in church, especially during the time of worship, you easily get tired. Please, I don't know where, how you will survive in heaven. Because there are some people who are bowing holy, 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 and they are doing that for for as long as they can. And do you know the reason? It's because their eyes are fixed on God. Because you see, when your eyes are fixed on God, eh, you don't get too much of God. So you don't get too tired serving God. When, when your eyes are set on God, he shows you one part of himself. He shows you another part of himself. That's how can they keep on crying holy, holy. Because by the time they lift their eyes and they look at God, they see another thing and say, God, let's go back again. Holy. They, 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 they lift their eyes and they see another thing and say, God, no, this is too much. Holy. Like this dawn, I woke up and I was praying. I went outside. So I was walking and then I looked in the sky. And I saw the moon so bright. And there was no star except only one star that was shining so brightly. Only those two. And all of a sudden, I just began to see God. The, the whole sky, no star. Only the moon shining and only one bright star. Then the Lord began to minister to me and tell me, that is how I make people shine. That when all others are faded, I can easily lift someone and make the person shine. It all of a sudden gave me a revelation. It all of a sudden gave me a peek into what God can do with my own life. So then, why would I decide not to serve God? When I have got such a revelation, it gives me another view of God. So when your eyes are set on God, you don't get tired serving him. Because you always get refreshed when you want to give up. You always get refreshed. You know what? And God is amazing because God can decide not to let all the stars shine because he wants to speak to only one person. Uh, can I tell you, God decided to take Abraham out and that day all the stars shone because God wanted to speak to Abraham. And in this season of my life, I was, there, was, there was something that was bothering me. And the day before yesterday, I stood outside again and I was praying and the only thing that was shining was the moon. 
no star. And honey, do you know what God told me? Then the day began to break. When the day breaks, you know the moon goes away. But the moon was still shining. Then God said, I can put you into a place where even when you are out of your season, you will still be shining. I said, God. Now, when you set your eyes and your mind on God, eh, there is no way you get tired. Because even when you feel like giving up, he shows you something. So can I tell you something? If you are going to serve God all the days of your life, set your gaze on him. Because the more you set your gaze on him, the more he refreshes you and he empowers you for the work that is set before. So he says we'll do this all the days of our lives. I am going to do this all the days of my life. There is no way I am going to ever wake up and tell Vicky that Vicky, this work we have ended. I've retired as a pastor. I'm telling you, this pastoral work can be so frustrating you can easily give up. Ghana, we don't see it. Outside the country, COVID season, there was a statistic that 50% of pastors retired, resigned from their work to find other work of the frustration. But God help us and give us the grace to serve before him all the days of our lives. So let's look at the three conditions. First of all, he says that we have to serve God without fear. It means you have to serve God fearlessly. It, it is a place of knowing that whatever you do comes at a price and you are willing to pay this price without fear. You see, when you are serving God, you have to know that it comes at a price. They're going to pay a price. You don't have to fear the price you pay. You know, some of us are so afraid of the price that we'll pay. You shouldn't be afraid that God will call you tomorrow and tell you to go to Afghanistan and go and serve. And when I was preparing the message, this thing came to my mind. I said, if some gunmen walked into this room today and they said that all those who still want to serve Jesus come to the right. And all those who don't want to serve Jesus and they point the gun, come to the left. I want to see how many of you will move to the right or to the left. No, we can easily say that, oh, me, I'll die for Jesus. I'll die. Let the gun be pointed and let them do something. Let them shoot one person. You know, like, let's say they shoot Pastor Ima to, to set the example that we really mean business. You will see the number of you who go to the left. I came to visit. <laughs> I'm not part. I came to visit. But, but God says you have to serve him without fear. And do you know the reason why this scripture is so relevant is that we are coming into a season in this world where the church will be highly persecuted. It is in scripture. They'll be dragging us, jailing us, killing us. Because of the gospel. Jesus prophesied it. It's coming. All the things Jesus prophesied, they started coming. So get ready. That we'll be in church like the way we are serving now. There will come a time where we'll be in church and we're the way we are doing Nico, and they will come and grab me as a pastor and beat me and take me away because we are serving God. It's coming. So he says we should serve him without fear. When COVID came, those of you who read the news about China, they were monitoring even their online services Police were going into houses and arresting pastors and arresting people. It is, it is not far from us, so it is coming. But, but these people still serve God. The next time you still hear that they've gathered at another venue and they are serving God. The next time you still hear that they're having an online meeting. Because the thing about serving God is that you have to come to a place where you say, I don't value my life against the work that I'm doing for God. That God, even if I will be killed, I want to be killed because of this work. 
So today, I want to test your conviction. What is the depth of your conviction? Because there are too many convenient Christians today. We are living a life of convenience. If it works, oh God, we, if it doesn't work, if it is going to be, if can I tell you the reason why I know that some of you cannot serve God without fear? Because when the rain starts and it doesn't even become heavy, it starts drizzling. Ah, pastor, it's not my fault. Today, I wanted to come to church, but the rain started coming. And so, are you salt? No, no, please, are you salt? No, no, but if you had some money to go for somewhere, you will look for an umbrella. Even if you didn't have an umbrella, you will take another dress and put it in your bag, get wet and get there, and change and go for what you are going. So you see, the thing is that we are too convenient. We like convenience. Oh, pastor, I closed from work. I was so tired. That's why I couldn't come to church. Some small headache. No, no. Because the thing about without fear is not just the fear as we interpret it. It is the fear in the sense that, look, I don't care what happens to me. I want to be in the house of God. I want to serve God. I want to honor God. I want to please God. I want to go beyond my personal convenience and then go into the place of conviction where I know that I will be honoring God and serving God. So I want to ask you the question, are you willing to pay the price? Because the Bible says that Paul, when they stoned him, they stoned him to the place where he was almost dead. And do you know what the Bible says? The next time he got up, he shook himself and went to the next city to preach. Aish. Paul, the same Paul, a certain prophet called Ab Agabus, that prophet was so sharp, he prophesied that there would be famine and there was famine. And this same prophet met Paul and then he took Paul's belt and tied Paul's hands. And he said, this is what will be done to the person that, is, that, that this belt belongs to. Paul was going to Jerusalem. He was saying that this will be done to you. The people started crying, Paul, please don't go. Paul says, stop what you are doing. I am going. If I gave a prophecy today and I told you that because you are serving God, by the time you get to your house, because of the way you are serving God, so by the time you get to your house, some people will be there and they will beat you and they will molest you. Say, Pastor, thank you for the prophecy today. I'm not going home. <laughs> but Paul still went to Jerusalem. He says, I am going. You see, so, so the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if we are serving God, it's without what? Fear. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. It is a, it's a place of going beyond your personal comfort and convenience. It is a place of being completely sold out to God that you are not even afraid of death when it comes to serving him. It is a place of complete confidence in God's protection over your life that you know that whatever negative thing happens, it's only because God allowed it to happen in your life. This COVID gave us a test case of what will happen. Have you realized that uh, those, of you, those of you during the lockdown, if you, if you ever went out, I mean, I drove on a number of occasions. Vicky was pregnant, so sometimes we had to go for checkup and that. But if you drove and you met the police at the police checkpoints and the military people, you see the fear that they could induce in you. You know? And, and then you wouldn't want to go anywhere. It was just a test case of what is about to happen. That there will come a time, they'll tell you, don't come to church. That if we meet you coming to church, we'll kill you. 
They'll come to your time. They'll say, don't witness the gospel. Don't preach anything. Don't say anything on social media. Don't, don't. There will come that time. It, America never thought it would happen to them. They were a Christian nation. Their constitution was founded on the Bible. But Jesus was pushed out of the schools. Now, there are some schools that are being sued because they don't want to allow transgender uh, washrooms. That, that your little child who is a girl can go to a boy's washroom because she feels he's a boy trapped in a girl's body. That, that we are getting there. But would you have the conviction to serve God without fear and stand in the face of all of that and say that as for me, I will serve God. So he delivered us to serve without fear. Or will you be like the disciples who ran away from Jesus when they came to arrest Jesus? That they all, they all fled. In fact, the Bible says one of the disciples left his dress and ran away naked. Some of us, that's what we'll do. But I pray that that will not be your portion. That you serve God without fear. The second condition is that he says we should serve him in holiness. In holiness. So first, serve God without fear. But secondly, in holiness. And the word holiness means piety or reverence that we show towards God. It is the understanding that, that my service to God is, is based on the fact that I give reverence to God. It is based on the fact that I acknowledge that God is everywhere that I find myself. It is based on the fact that, look, this thing that I'm doing, I'm doing it with God before me. God is before me. So we do it with reverence. We do it with what? Respect for God. Baby, you are into catering. Have you realized that your packaging, you do it based on the person you are giving it to? It's not because you just want to discriminate, but because you, you consider certain things. Like if you are doing something for daddy, you, you do it with a certain distance because you know that this one, it requires a certain level of respect. He says that when we are serving God in holiness, it means that you place God at that pedestal and say that God, by virtue of who you are, I am not going to do anything, anything, any way, anyhow. I'm going to do it well. So people, when you are serving God, in all holiness means that you are doing it well with God in your view. That God is in view, that I give reverence to God, that I respect God. And because I respect God, I will do it well. Can I even stretch it to a certain place that sometimes when we are coming to church and you are coming to give your offering, I'll teach later on kingdom giving. You come to give your offering, you just look for them. Any, any, any note... And then you put it in the envelope. Of course, God doesn't chop money. God doesn't spend monetary currency. But you are giving to him. If you are giving to him, there has to be intention. You have to separate that money. Don't go for the change from the mate and look for any of the things and then put it inside. There's not some of you, your fingers have uh, eyes. They can go into your pocket. You don't see, but you can tap. This one is 50, this one is 20, this one is 1, this one is 2, this one is 5. Okay, God, let me take the one and give it to you. No, no, no. It, look, let me tell you something. The thing is that when you are doing with God in viewing, God knows how to exceed your expectations. Yeah. Yesterday, something very interesting happened. I mean, something happened. I, I was going to buy the fuel, and then, and then I had some money that was for God, so I didn't want to touch it. But in that money that was for God, I had my change in that money. If you understand, you understand. So I had my change, that money, God's money was in it, my money was in it, it was all together, a big money. And then I wanted to change, I wanted to change the money so that I give God what is his and then I take what is mine. 
But now I calculated what was mine. And I said, this thing crowd that I'm about to take, where would it reach? Like, what would it do? How would it satisfy me? It won't. So I said, God, okay, then I'm giving it to you. Meanwhile, I didn't have money. So I drove here. I came to teach. I was doing some online class. So I came to teach. And when I finished, no, when I was, before I taught, someone had sent a message. Some guy that were doing some work job. So when I finished teaching, I started chatting with him. Okay, so what is it? And he says, okay, I want to progress with the work. Okay, so this and that and that and that. Okay, okay. I said, it's going to cost this and that and that. And he said, okay, you send 50%. He said 50%. I said, okay, so send the 50%. Immediately, he sent the 50%. I was like, God, ah, is this how you work? Like, no, no, I'm not saying that, that, that God is like a contract God, but I'm telling you that when you learn to serve God with him in view, he knows how to take care of you. He knows how to surprise you. He knows how to make things work in a way that will beat your imagination. And so the truth of the matter is that when you are serving God, it has to be done in what? Holiness. In fact, the word holy means sanctified. It's separated. It's a word that means that you have been consecrated unto God. You have been set apart. So you are not like her. And she's not like you. And she's not like... So, so the point is that when I am serving God, I serve God on the fact that God separated me unto himself for a purpose. And, and because of that separation, I keep myself as such for God. That's serving God in holiness. So I keep myself as such for God. And, and, and you see, so for whatever God has called you for, whatever God is calling you to serve, the demand will be different from the demand on me. Yeah. So, so for instance, some people don't understand why my data is off from Saturday night until after church. Because the demand on me is different from the demand on you. When I am coming to serve the word of God to you, I want to be in contact with God so I can speak the word of God directly to your heart. So I don't want any distraction. You won't get me. You can send all the messages. You won't get me. Those of you who have been saying, you know, you won't get me. You can, even in the morning when you call, you won't get me. Because the demand is different. And in all holiness means that I separate myself. I sanctify myself. I set myself apart for this work. Yeah, and I'm glad that by God's grace, I've been able to influence my wife positively. When we are coming to preach, like when we have service, like open heavens and all of that, Jack, you don't get me. I leave everyone. I am here alone the whole day. Why would I spend the whole day fasting and praying just because of a one-hour service? Because I understand that what God has called me for, there is a certain demand. And that demand requires that you can't just be doing what everyone else is doing. I can't be going out, up and down with everyone, and eating with everyone, and conversing with everyone. And Charlie, how is every? What's up? What's up? What's up? Then six o'clock, I just dress up and wear my dress. I am coming to minister to you. What am I coming to minister? No, no. What am I coming to minister? What's up? That's what I'm coming to minister. So people of God, when you understand the work that God has given to you to do, you should know that it comes with a certain level of separation. That's why the other day I was even telling the choir says that Saturday to Sunday, you people have to make sure that it is a very holy day for you. I'm not saying all the other days should not be holy. But I am saying that you prepare yourself because of the work God is coming to do with you. The same goes for the ushers. You never know who will receive the deliverance at the entrance there. The work that God has given to you, it requires a certain level of consecration and separation. That's why he says it's in all holiness. 
It's in all holiness. I remember, I remember when the church started at first. Hey, fasting me what? And, and Friday, we used to have prayer meeting. Friday, I'll come here the whole day. Pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and fast. And we'll come for the service. Only two or three are gathered. I said, God, why are you doing this to me? But it's because God wants to build capacity for what he is. So sometimes you might even do the separation, but you might not see the results as you want. Continue to separate yourself. Continue to do it until the day. Because David was doing, oh, come on. David was doing it in the desert. He was playing for the sheep. He was playing for the goats. He was playing for the animals. Little did he know that someone had recognized him. And the day of visitation came and he was recommended in the palace and he played and the evil spirits went away. I'm sure maybe when he was playing there and then the goats were screaming and everything, when he plays this, they all start to become calm. And this servant of Saul might have seen that at any time David plays the thing, all the sheep and the goats, they lie down and they become calm. I think this thing that is troubling Saul, I am sure that when David also plays, it will go away. So you know what? When you continue in holiness, you might, you might not be seeing the results, but continue. Continue. Because there will come a day that you will see the results. In all holiness. In all holiness. And then the final thing it says, in righteousness. In righteousness, the word righteousness is a very interesting word in the Greek because it is the character or quality of being right or just. That, that word actually also means that whatever has been appointed by God to be acknowledged and obeyed by man, man it is the sum or the total of the requirements of God. But this same righteousness also refers to the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf to become a substitute for us. So let me, let me try to explain. The word righteousness means being right with God or meeting God's standard. Now the truth of the matter is that you and I, <laughs> the standard is too high. No, that level is too high. So do you know what God did? God sent his son Jesus Christ to come because he's the only one qualified to meet that standard. So he sent him to come and meet that standard for you and I and qualify us. Then what he did was that when he qualified us, he placed us in the position where now we can live in a way that meets that standard. So God saved you and made you righteous in person or in position, but now you have a responsibility to walk in righteousness, to walk in the ways of God and to walk according to the will of God. In fact, the word righteousness actually means the will of God. So what he's saying is that, Nico, don't just serve God. Oh, serve God according to his will. Oh, some of you did not get that. Serve God according to what? His will. Not, not what I want to. Oh, pastor, I want to serve in this department. Oh, pastor, I want to do this. No, what is God saying? No. What, what is God saying? No. Which department is God saying you should go? It's good you have a, a beautiful voice, but maybe God wants you to be in the prayer department. But God, why did you give me the voice? I'll use it some other time for now be in the prayer department. Oh, oh, I want, to, I, I want to be an usher. God says, no, I don't want you to be an usher. I want you to be a steward. Oh, I want to do this. God says, no. I want to do that. God says, no. I want to do this for the house of the Lord. David wanted to build a house. Oh, David wanted to build a temple for God. God told him, no. So sometimes you might have the best intentions to do things for God. God will tell you, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to do something else. 
One of the things I am afraid of in life is doing something that God has not instructed me to do. It is one of my fears in life. That is why me, I don't do things in this church because other people are doing. No, 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 no. Oh, they are doing deliverance service, do prophetic service, do. No, 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 no. Everything we do here is because God wants us to do it. Everything. Because God wants us to do it. So you have to ask yourself, does God want me to do this? People are writing books. Should I also write books? Has God asked me to write? People are doing videos. Should I also do video? Has God asked me to do it? People are doing this. Should I also do it? Has God asked me to do it? Someone is, people are coming up with albums. Has God asked me to come up with albums? There are so many people who are misplaced and displaced in the work that they are doing for God because they are looking at other people and doing the work instead of looking at the will of God, the standard that God set for them. So I want to ask you, what is God saying that you should do? Because if you get to know what God says you should do, you will not be doing what everyone else is doing. You will do what God says you should do. You will focus on what God says you should do. I know sometimes people say, Pastor, I think as a church we can do this. Pastor, I think as a church, I like the suggestions. They are nice. But every suggestion you bring, I, I go back to God with it. If God gives me a no, it's a no. No matter how good the suggestion is, it's no. Even my dear wife will tell you that no matter what she says, if God tells me it is a no, it is a no. We won't do it. It has to be by the will of God and in the will of God. That is what God wants us to do. It has to be in righteousness. When you are serving, serve God according to his will. According to what he wants you to do. Not what you want to do. Not what someone else is doing. So I say, God, may we never deviate. May we never divert. When I'm praying for my pastor friends, I pray that God, if any of them is going out of the way, please bring them back. Please bring them back. Because, you see, it will be a waste of time. Baby, it will be a waste of time for you and I to get to heaven and then by the time we get to heaven, God says, this is not what I asked you to do. Hey! All these years, all this time, then you get to heaven and God says that, this is not what I asked you to do. You were doing something else. I didn't ask you to. Can you imagine that? No, no, can you imagine that? Like wasted years. Hey! May God help us never to waste it. That at every given point in time, may we be in what God says we should do. May we be in it. And there are going to be pressures from people. People will come and tell you things. Oh, Deborah, your voice is nice. So I think you should go and record an album. Ask the person, God, ask yourself, has God told me? And tell the person, God hasn't told me. And when God tells me, I'll do it. See, because the thing is that if you move out of God's will, God is no longer with you. No, God is with what he has permitted. No, not what he has permitted. God is with what he has actually instructed to be done. God is with what what he has instructed to be done. Do you know why the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart? It is because David, eh, it wasn't that he he didn't have faults so. In fact, when you compare the sin of David against the sin of Saul, like David should be put away somewhere. But the thing about David is he was constantly in the will of God. Constantly in the will of God. Even when he realized he had deviated, he would come back to God. God, I'm sorry. Can we, can, we, can we continue from where we ended? So today I ask you, are you in the will of God? 
And we'll conclude with these thoughts. That God's desire is that we will serve him, but it has to be on his terms. God's desire is that what? We will serve him, but it has to be on his terms. Not your terms. Not your terms. It has to be on his terms. God's conditions of service are things that he has empowered us to do. The, the conditions of service without fear in holiness and righteousness. There are things that God has empowered us to do. We can do it. We can serve God without fear. We can serve God in holiness. We can serve God in righteousness because what? He has empowered us to do. And the final thing is that God's requirements for service are not impossible. The things that God says we should do for him and they are not what? Impossible. It is very doable. And I pray that God will help us to serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives. That will not move to the left or to the right. That will walk according to his will. Every single moment. That will give him the reverence that is due him. In the work that we do for him. In the name of Jesus. Shall we rise to our feet. And just begin to talk to the Lord and tell the Lord. I don't just want to serve you. I don't just want to serve you. I want to serve you your way. I want to serve you according to your will. I want to serve you according to the conditions of service that you've given. You know, when people work in various organizations, there are, there are things that are called conditions of service. God has his conditions of service. And you want to pray and tell the Lord, the Lord, that I want to work. That when people get contracts, there are terms of reference. You are, God has given you a work to do, and there are terms of reference. And you want to tell the Lord that, Lord, I want to move according to the terms of reference that you've given to me. I want to do this work the way you want, not the way I want. I want it to be just all as you want, all about you, just the way you want, just the way you desire, just the way you expect, just the way you want in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and tell the Lord, the Lord, I want to do it in all holiness. I want to do it without fear. I want to do it in righteousness. That no matter the threats that come, Lord, I will not fear. Ah, Lord, that I will sanctify myself unto you. That, Lord, I will separate myself unto you in this work. That, Lord, I will do this work in a way that, oh God, that will show that I, I give you reverence. That, Lord, I will do it according to your will. Not according to my will. I will do it according to your will, oh God. 